Well, what is up, everybody? Here in Addison, Texas on a Friday. Ugh. There's news of another fucking school shooting comes out. It's fucking heartbreaking. People screaming at each other on Twitter. Twitter. I called it Twinder. It almost is Twinder. It's a mental health issue. It's a gun issue. It's a mental health issue. It's a gun issue. Hey, assholes. Why can't it be both? Why can't we just try to find every solution? So kids who are going to school... Stop getting shot. I don't understand what the fucking argument is. Let's try to find a solution both ways. Nobody wants solutions, guys. You understand that, right? They just want to be proven right. That's the fucking problem now. There's no such thing as a conversation. It's No, this isn't a conversation. This is me trying to prove to you that what I think is right. Sometimes, guys... What you think is right, you need to compromise on a little bit. Uh, I don't want to get into it. It's so rough sauce, everybody. Fuck. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome, my fairly normal-ers. As I feel like we are some of the very few common sense people left in this world. This small little community here of people who are looking for solutions and positivity. And I stress every t- every time I say that. That doesn't mean we're pussies. That doesn't mean we're pushovers. It means that we're looking for the good. Oh, my God. Anyways. Hello. What's up? Yeah. Here in Addison, I do want to address something real quick. Um, This past week when I was in Cleveland, by the way, great shows in Cleveland. Great shows in Cleveland. And it's really interesting to meet you all who listen to this podcast in particular. Because, you know, I really don't publicize this. We talk about it all the time. Um... It's not really why I'm doing this particular podcast for likes or listens or any of that shit. I am. This is more like a a journal diary cathartic therapy session. Um, and you know, I, everybody that comes up to me and talks to me about this particular podcast. It's so heartwarming, guys, and um, I'll tell you why. Because, okay, everybody, real friends, door without a key. Oh, somebody asked me to post these, so let me just take a picture of a screenshot. Nope, that's not it. Hold on. So, here's the deal. The reason it's great meeting you guys and, and I tell people this all the because people tell me why this is this podcast is important to them. I hear so many personal stories, more personal than anything I've ever done. 
obviously, you know, more personal than the stories I hear from Prince and the Wolf people or from uh, Off the Rails or Josh and Ross, because those are all kind of silly, fun, you know? We got into some serious stuff, but most silly fun, and I really use this for me as a... Guys, you know, every time after I do one of these fairly normals, I feel better, like I just left therapy. And so when I hear from you guys, and it's always people who are at the end of the meet and greet, to tell you the truth, because I know they want to say something to me, and I... The people I met in Cleveland, two separate groups of people talking about how important this podcast is to them and how they connect to it. It's so humbling and flattering. And and I've always said that this, the reason, look, this podcast is never going to be huge. And people come in and out of this podcast because I truly believe that the people who listen to this podcast need it at that time you know what i mean need it at that time it, you don't get performance josh on this podcast you don't get heightened reality josh um it's just really me going through whatever i'm going through that day and um so it's so humbling to me when you all come up to me and tell me what fairly normal has done for you and why it's important to you. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just, I, I just want to express my gratitude, everybody, for whoever is listening to this. And whatever it does for you, and whatever, however it picks you up, or however it moves you, just know that it, I'm truly humbled and honored by it. And thank you, and thank you for listening, and thank you for being part of this cool little community, and... And yeah, just keep reaching out to me and tell. And I love hearing why this is important to you. I do. I really do. Um, and that's it. So this weekend, I'm here in Addison, Texas. I'm here with my brother Jonathan. He's come. He came down this week, and uh, man, it's so good. Like a couple weeks ago, Jacob came with me to Denver, and Beth's coming me next week to San Francisco when I'm at Cobb's over Memorial Day weekend. And man, guys, like it's so amazing. It's so fucking amazing to have to to ha my weekends are so different, so much better when I have my family with me. But my brother Jonathan, good dude, uh, if you've, you've you if you listen to this podcast, you've heard him on this podcast, you know, and his stories about going to prison and all that shit, which are crazy fucking stories. I always told him like you're you're gonna want to be one of the few people who are celebrating Hanukkah in prison. I don't know a lot of us Jews that are hanging around. Not in the prison he went to anyways. Maybe more of a white collar prison. Uh, guys, if you don't have the Tapestry album by Carol King, the song's called Beautiful. It's fucking so good. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's so cool to have my um, brother here. And he comes to shows, and um, we get super high afterwards. And he was on this last episode of Controlled Chaos. Guys, if you're not watching Controlled Chaos, why the fuck not? It is so much fun. It's so much fun. I, I, anybody who's following me lately knows that I have really adjusted, and this podcast has really helped me with that, but I've really adjusted my attitude and the way I'm tackling what I love, which is my art. And I'm just doing what I like now. 
end of story period doing what i like putting it on my facebook fan page streaming it live doing whatever but i'm not waiting for people in this town to tell me what's funny and what's not funny anymore and what people will watch and what people won't watch and here's my what i've really really decided is i don't care if nine million people watch and listen or nine people watch and listen as long as i'm enjoying what i'm doing and after that everything is gravy guys it's fucking gravy because i've done way too many things that i didn't like for money or because i thought it would help my resume or and i understand that sometimes you really have to do that shit by the way i get it and by the way if i was a better businessman guys i'm a terrible businessman i'm a ter let me explain to you how terrible you know who's a great businessman joe coy Joe Coy, and a great comic, by the way, but a great businessman, a great mark, a marketing genius. Look where he is now. He just sold out three arenas in Hawaii. He's got his own tour bus. I'm at the Addison Improv in the Residence Inn. And Joe's funny. He may be a funnier comic than me. He's not three sold out arenas and a tour bus funnier than me. He's just, not only is he a great comic, but he was a great business person and a great marketer. And I, guys, I still don't even have fucking merch. I know that dudes are buying cars from their merch. I just, I like what I do. I, and I, I've never just been able to figure out, okay, now I've never had a nose, even though I'm a straight up Jew. I've never had a nose for how to make money. It's just not in my fucking skill set. You know what I mean? I know a lot of you all think that Beth and I are sitting high on the hog. Incorrect. If I was sitting, sitting high on the hog, I would not be at the residence inn. You know what I'm saying? I'd be somewhere, you know, sipping orange juice while someone was cutting my nails for me like a doctor. Stop it, everybody. Shoegaze, Alabama Shakes. I mean, this is, she's got one of the best voices. But yeah, I have a terrible business sense. Terrible, terrible. And I'm so happy that I, um, I'm working with this dude named Bill Shannon. And he came to my show in New Jersey, in New York, and but he's the one who really helped me get that the best practical joke uh, video up on Facebook, and that them and uh, all things comedy, and it really helped it just fucking take off. So I need people like that, man. And I don't even remember why I started talking about this, about being a bad business person, but I am terrible. I wish I was better. <laughs> I mean, Burt Kreischer, great business person, right? Great Burt. Bur I do not have a nose for that shit at all. And again, I know nose because, you know, because, you know, people are saying nose because I'm a you. When I say you, I mean a Jew. Um, but yeah, uh, and I and I and look. The business part of it is the part where people are assholes. Maybe that's why I'm, maybe that's why I'm not good at it. I'm not, although, guys, I have to tell you, this late, latest thing that's happened with my house, I can't really tell you everything right now, except that home insurance is a scam. I told you that, right? Fucking scam. Fucking scam. Uh, I can only tell you. That you look if you have a if the first thing your insurance company for your home insurance company if the first thing they're telling you to do is to get out of the house you're fucked 
you're fucked. Guys, if the front toilet in my house hadn't been functional and wasn't on a separate line, they would have moved us out and I'd be, you know, we hired an independent adjuster, I told you this, who just told us that he was working with somebody who just bought a house. They had an AC drip. Insurance said, hey, come on, we'll put you in a nice hotel, move on out so you don't have to hear all the bang. And they were like, that sounds nice. They haven't been back in their house in a year. Crooks, thieves, all of them. Look, I, yeah, I went into this last time. Let's not, let, I, I can't get into it again. But we have got to do better together. Come on, everybody, together. I did also mention, uh, I don't know if I told you guys this, but I, I had to confront somebody on the airplane picking barefoot picking the skin between his between his toes and he had put like a little towel down on the ground so he was just picking it and shaking it off into the toes into the towel and i was like hey man hey and i was sitting next to him i was like hey that's we we can't have you doing that the lumineers everybody gale song picking his skin like who the fuck wants to see that i don't want to see your dead toe skin like and let you know anybody who collects and he had it on a towel, which makes me think he does that at home and maybe he's building like a like a sculpture. Oh, my brother just came back. My brother Jonathan Wolf just walked in the door, so I'll I'll finish up this one pretty quick here. Um, no, I have to do at least seventeen more minutes. I promised myself seventeen minutes on here. Uh, at least I got to do at least thirty every. I'm doing my fairly normal. Why do you look so tan? It's hot as shit, huh? Yeah. What is this? And this is fairly normal. Oh. I'm just, uh, I get like 17 minutes, probably. Right I don't know if people are listening. I'm taping it. Oh, gotcha. And then I'll put it up online later. Listening. You're listening to me. Do you want to eat lunch in two seconds? Yeah. Are you hungry? Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, give me 17 minutes and then we'll go eat some lunch. What kind of food you want? Oh, dude, were you in downtown Addison or Dallas? I was in Highland Park and a couple other... We'll go over to this other place. We'll take an Uber over there. Um, that... Yeah, I mean, I'm inside. I do that, guys. You know when you're inside and you point in a direction? I don't fucking know where I am. I don't know where I am. I do know that it's my nutsack was stuck to the side of my leg. The entire day yesterday. This humidity is not good for Jufros and it's not good for nutsacks. It really is anti Jufro and anti nut. My hair right now is so bad. But you know what I think adds to how bad it is? Is I sometimes I'll put product in it and then I just won't, for fun, I won't wash my hair for like three days. So it gets this crazy Einstein look. But right now my hair looks even worse because I cut my own hair. On Tuesday night, no, Wednesday morning, I was shooting a video for this company I'm doing a private party for, and my hair looked a little mullety out the back, so I just took my, my what is it, clippers, and I didn't have any way to look at my hair, so I just kind of started cutting off curls indiscriminately, and then some from the side of my head, but with my hat on, so right now, the hair under my hat is fucking the crazy but the hair on the sides and the back look kind of tame but i don't know how it really looks from the back because i cut my own hair 
and I'm too fucking lazy to look myself because I really don't care that much. I really, I really don't care what it looks like. Like, I'm looking at myself in the mirror right now, and it's a fucking, like, as somebody who, this is my job. My job is me. It, for somebody whose job is to look a certain way, like, I should really get my shit together. Standing Still by Jewel, everybody. Have you guys? I'm sure all you guys. You know, one of my favorite moments ever in this business was doing that song with Jewel, the uh, Backstreet Boys cover. I want it that way on the Josh Wolf show. Really one of my, I've always wanted to do something like that. It was so fucking cool to have her come out and to rehearse with her and like, cause she's got an actual voice, you know, but now I know why Jimmy Fallon loves that shit so much. You're living out your fantasy of being a rock and roll star. And my particular fantasy was never to be a Backstreet Boy, but I'll tell you what. You know, I'd never put on a pair of white jeans before, but I'd always wanted an excuse. Voila! Josh Wolf Show gave me that excuse for white jeans. You know what I mean? Uh, so, and as I'm looking at my hair, too, like, I told you guys, I'm starting to get a little, little bald spot back there. But I have to tell you something. I'm just going to tell you. So I, I started to get a little bald spot. And so this company, Hims, reached out to me. Uh, just, it was serendipitous. They reached out to me as I started to see the bald spot in my back. And look, I, you know, I, I'm starting to thin it out up top. It's that, it's that age. And I know 66% of men lose their hair by the time they're 35. That's what the statistic is, 35 I also found one gray hair on my arm, which was thick and coarse, which was weird. It was like I thought I was growing hemp out of my arm. Like, I saved that. I might make a basket if more of them come out. But I don't have the, I don't have the slowly, I don't have the hairline. I've just got that bald spot, you know? And so I, know, I don't want to wear a hat for the rest of my life, guys. I just don't want to be that 80-year-old dude with a trucker hat on, you know? And I, so I'm trying to get ahead of it. So when I saw the bald spot... It's around the same time that Four Hymns reached out to me. So I went to fourhims.com and it really is like a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, which look, also, you guys can fucking say whatever you want. But you know Keith Richards? That dude never put any lotion on his skin. Yeah. I put the lotion in the basket every morning. Every night. Lotion on the face, lotion on the nuts. Lotion on the face, lotion on the nuts. No, I don't put lotion on my nuts, but I do put it on my face. Um, but this play, the forhims.com, it had everything, man. And if you have a problem with your dick, like a lot of dudes have a problem with their dick. I'm so happy that I don't have a problem with my dick. But it might happen eventually. There's no shame in that game, man. It's called age. It's called age. It's like, you know, a couple years ago, somebody took a picture of Jack Nicholson on the beach, shirtless. And they were like, Jack's getting old. Yeah, he's fucking 70. Give the guy a break. He's not allowed to go to the beach and take his fucking shirt off. He's 70. Maybe your dick stops working, guys. No shame in that game. Maybe you lose your hair. No shame in that game either. It's called life. Nut sag, titty sag, hair loss, all that shit, you know? So now, thanks to basically a lot of bald men who are probably also scientists, you, you there's science behind it now. Here's what I'm asking you guys, all right? Hymns connects you. You go to that website, forhims.com. 
And by the way, it has stopped, and my hair feels just more strong when I'm pulling on it, you know? Uh, or when Beth's pulling on it. What? It's not that kind of ad. This is a family-friendly show. But Hams connects you with real doctors, medical granage solutions. It'll help you keep your hair. There's no waiting room. There's no, like, you don't have to see anybody that you know in the lobby. You're like, hey, man, are you here for your dick, too? You know what I mean? Are you here because you don't have any hair, too? Go to 4 It's easy. They'll answer a few quick questions. The doctor will review. He'll prescribe you whatever you need. Products ship directly to your door so you're not embarrassed to go into CVS and be like, hey, man, I need some of that minoxidil. Or, hey, man, where is that dick cream? Dick cream is not. That was my nickname in high school. Um, oh, here we go. Come on. You kidding me? Jay-Z. Moment of clarity. All right, everybody, listen. My hair has stopped coming out. Good stuff. This is what we want for you. Oh, I should wrap this. But I can't. But what a beat. I wish I could wrap. I'd free flow this ad. Come on. Here's what you got to do. You order now. My listeners get a free trial of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. Go to the website for full detail. That's him for hymns.com. This would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or the pharmacy. Do not do that. Go to forhims.com slash wolf. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash wolf. Forhims.com slash wolf. You're going to get this deal. You're going to keep your hair. If you want to check out the dick stuff, check out the dick stuff. Do not be ashamed of what real life brings you. Do not be ashamed. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Now, I will tell you. Uh, I have a friend of mine who uh, is a little older, and he had one of those um, dick won't go down problems and had to go to work and was like, he was wearing a suit, but he had his hard on tucked into his his belt, you know, his belt line above his, (laughs) above it, he was calling me, he was like, man, I made a mistake, I'm like, what's going on, he was like, well, I was going to have sex with my wife this morning, and he took a pill, and he was like, it wouldn't go down, man. I'm at work right now. I'm like, you got to go to the doctor, dude. You can't be rocking a hard on for your... I mean, I don't know. I know they say call a doctor, but what's the doctor going to do? Blow you? Like, how the fuck? I don't understand. Like, what are they going to... What What do you give to make the erection go away? Will you show a naked picture of your grandma? What's the... De- Although, that wouldn't be good for Mike. Mm-mm. You guys have heard the jokes. You know my Nana. Naked picture of my Nana. That's not a hump. And, yeah. No, thank you. But, yeah, guys. It's it's real deal. It's a real deal. Uh, what else do we want to talk to you guys about? Oh. One last thing. Okay. And then I got to get going. I'm going to go have some lunch with my, uh, my brother. You know, my oldest son got deployed um, this uh, a couple days ago. And... Not deployed to a, a particularly dangerous place, thank God. But, man, I just want to relay something to you guys about the men and women in the service right now. You know, we make fun of the millennials and all that shit. But I look at the people who are going overseas and fighting wars right now. This isn't the 90s 
when my friends were joining, you know, to get a college education or become an officer or make a living. These people who are joining now, there's a good chance they're going to go see combat. Right? Listen to what I'm saying. This generation, since 2001, everybody who joined, joined knowing there was a pretty good chance that they would see combat. I mean, it's real. The level of bravery and the sense of duty is something I admire so much. I wish I had a little bit of, to be honest with you. But, like, so before we, you know, whatever their reasons are for joining. And I think I told you guys why my son joined. He was in college for a semester. And he called me. He said, I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm going to fail out of here. And I was like, dude, you've been there for a week. How the f- You haven't even taken a test yet. How are you going to fail? And he said, I'm just not prepared. I don't have any discipline. And um, he was in Seattle at the time. He was living up there with my ex. And uh, he said, I think I'm going to join the military. I need discipline. And I wanted to talk him out of it, guys. But it, it, he needed some life discipline. And so, guys, the autonomics, super fuzz. Love it. Um, but guys, so this generation, they, they have this sense of duty that I admire so much. You know, I talked to him and some of the, his buddies, and they all have this sense of fighting for what they think is right. I, you know, and I, I can't argue that. You know, I admire their... I, I admire their commitment to what they think is right and to help the way they think they can help. Now, some people join the military almost with because, you know, it's either military or jail or they, they can't get another job or they dropped out of high school. It's a steady pay. There's always going to be those people. But there are also people who joined knowing that they were going to go fight. And so there's a level of respect, I think, and would hope that everybody shows these men and women in uniform. You don't have to do, you know, I know a lot of guys and, and girls who, and when I see, if I'm at a restaurant in an airport and I see somebody in uniform, I always buy that meal silently. You don't have to do that. But it wouldn't hurt just to walk up and thank somebody for their service. And I know some people have a completely different point of view on this. You know? And that's totally cool. But just know these are young men and women. These are young, young men and women. Um, and um, I think when the general public thanks them and, and lets them know that we're with them, I think it's they develop a less of an, you know, you guys don't understand or fucking civilians or any of that kind of attitude. And it makes us all together. Which I think is really important, especially now, man, because there's no together. It's like this fucking gun debate. People are, even in a topic this crazy where you would think, oh, people are dying? Well, everybody will be on the same side for this. People are intentionally divisive because they have no concept of the greater good. Everybody right now is just about their tribe. What's good for their tribe? And nobody's thinking about anybody else in the other tribes. 
it, and it's 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 why like these fucking stu to say that people are being killed by guns. Oh come on, Steve Miller Band. To say people are being killed by guns, and that guns aren't an issue in that discussion, I don't even understand how that's a. There's two people. There's two things in the equation. There's people and there's guns. So one of the it's fifty percent. One of the problems is they're mentally ill people, mentally ill people who we're not treating. And then these people have access to, wait a second, drum roll, guns. Why can't we discuss both issues at the same time? That's like I know a lot of pro-gun people. And I'm, by the way, if you want a handgun and all that shit, I'm, we've discussed this a million times. So I'm not, nobody's coming to take guns. I don't think that's the solution either. But a lot of the pro-guns people are like, we have an opioid problem. I agree with that. And they think, you know, let's, let's get after the heroin. I agree with that too. But... By your logic, it's not a heroin problem. It's a person problem. It's an addict problem. So if we just treat the addicts, then we don't have to, right? Because heroin doesn't kill people. It's people who take heroin who kill themselves. Is that the, is that the logic I'm following? Because it makes no fucking sense. You have to have access to the drug. So let's, get a, let's take away the access to the drug. You have to have access to the gun. So let's take away the access to the gun. It's so, it's so tribal. Tribal and and the the loyalty that some people have to the gun companies or the gun lobbies is crazy to me. I don't know why you feel such a loyalty. There's nobody's trying to fucking take your guns. Nobody. There were more guns sold under Obama than any other president. Do you know why? Because the gun lobbyists and the gun companies made you scared that they were coming for your guns. Fear is a great motivator. So they made you fear that people were coming for your guns. So you went and bought a shitload. And guess what happened? Nobody came for your guns. And the gun companies just made a lot of money. Hear it, guys. Come on, we can do better. I love how we're going old school. Billy Joel, only the good die young. It's nothing... so few things are black and white. The black and white of this issue is we got to stop people from dying. The gray area is both sides are going to have to jump into the pool. They're going to have to jump into the pool and swim together. We need some mental health help. We need it to be identified like we would identify cancer or diabetes and not to have a stigma on it. Right? To treat it like we treat those things. And at the same time, we have to make it harder for these motherfuckers to get guns. That doesn't mean someone's coming for your gun. That doesn't mean you have to sell your gun. That mean doesn't mean you have to bunker down. But let's do a little of both and see if it helps. Pointing fingers and saying that it's all mental health or it's all guns clearly isn't working, everybody. Clearly fucking isn't so we can keep pointing fingers and keep watching our kids die or somebody can be a fucking grown-up and just say hey man we we just need to do a little both why can't we do everything why can't we try something instead of do nothing because right now we're doing nothing zero things and kids keep dying zero things and now 
shooters who go to the school who participate in the drills that let all the students know where to go if there's a school shooting now know where to go to shoot more kids. What the fuck, everybody? Now, I am not anti-armed guards at schools. I'm definitely not anti that. I would prefer not to have metal detectors, but you know what? Arming teachers, not the answer. More guns, not the answer. Mental health. In hand in hand with gun reform, guys. Not gun taking. Anyways, I'm sorry I wasted our podcast on this. It's fresh. It hurts. I can't imagine driving to that school. The longest fucking car ride ever. I can't imagine that. It's like that time when Jacob saw somebody get shot in Cleveland. But I didn't know if he was okay. I knew that I heard the gunshots and I knew that he was in that area where the gunshots came from. And I knew I had to look out the window and see. It's a horrific thing when you as a parent, you know, you kind of, it's one of those innate things, but I know it sounds basic, but one of your jobs as your, as a parent is that, that you make with yourself and silently with kids is I am going to protect you. I, I am going to make you safe so that you can live your best life. And one of those things is making sure your kids go to school. Well, now imagine dropping your kids off at school it's it's graduation season you're planning graduation parties you're they're they're applying to colleges and now what horrific I, my I I can't even imagine we got to do better everybody we just got to do better and we got to we got to talk to people face-to-face. You know what Twitter talks turn into? Fuck you! I'm going to punch your mother's pussy! Nobody says that, but that seems vile enough. All right. Guys, I'm going to go eat some lunch with my brother. Try to get out of this funk. This is called I'll Be the Moon by Dirk Bentley. I, of course, will post this. Again, just another rambling pod that I love. Got uh, some stuff off my chest. I feel good. Um, hey, if you're in San Francisco next weekend, you want to come meet me and Beth, I'm going to be at Cobb's Memorial Day weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Week after that, I am uh, doing some private parties. The week after that, June 6th in Houston, I'm doing one night only, one show only. Um, half the door goes to Recovery Houston. So half of my money goes to the Recovery Houston charity. But let's pack it out. More people means more money for a good cause. Why am I going a year later? Because that's kind of generally when I try to donate to causes like this. When the money starts, people stop. You know, a year later, your life moves on. So I want to try to make sure that they're getting a little bit more money a year later. Seeing the help however we can. Um, so June 6th, Houston Improv, 7th, 8th, 9th in Austin, Texas. Please tune into um, Control Chaos, everybody. It really is the thing that I want to do more than anything. I just want to be able to do that fun little show. Check it out. Tell your friends. Um, and, uh, yeah. 
You know how much I love you guys. We'll see you next time. I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be a secret.